0: Okay, good morning. So this is the first in this new semester of the Keil. My first year, which I'll be giving every Thursday, Mitz shem, in the days, of course, when there is a Keil. So this year I decided... uh, because so, because all of you are such bikim and already and learned so many years, that maybe to go into uh, an approach of learning it not so much by individual maimer or individual hemshek, but rather into the fundamental sugius of exodus, but not just uh, in an academic way, like in Sefer Erchim or Sefer kutim, but Presented in a way that tries to bring together what the Abayim really wanted with all the ma'am And my goal is very straightforward. It's not just about understanding a a, a concept, but wherever you're going to end up going, like I spoke uh, the night when we had last Sunday night, the opening, uh, I guess, initiation, whatever we call it, wherever you're going to be ending up going, as Chassidim, you have to be Maspim, one way or another. Even if you end up in business, you still have to be a maspia. Neiris lahoir. That's what we were trained to be. Make a sviva. And uh, coming from my own hard-earned experience, and talking and dealing with many shluchim who are on the front lines or mechanchim or Mashpim, one of the most thick thing everybody talks about was lacking is, I could just put in the words of a shliach, a very famous shliach, he gives great shiurim. He says, I cannot speak, I'm 20 years on shlichus, I can't explain a simple concept of chassidus to uh, a couple in my community who did not grow up with Yiddishkeit. They're having shalom bias issue, or they're having an issue with their children, or personal matters. But the chassidus I know is not a language I can communicate with them. So you may not ne- necessarily feel this acute problem right now, you're not f- dealing with these issues but i can assure you that will come up not just by you personally in your own life and as, as you build your families and your children grow up and ask questions but especially and including whatever community you're going to be in so you can just be a passive person sitting in a shul and uh, even have smicha and dayonis and everything and noah din and even know how to learn a mimer but will people turn to you if they have a question I don't just mean a question Hashkofa, of course, but also a question on a personal level. And I don't want to say it in strong words, but it would be a bush and a if a bocher or yungaman or kel yungaman came out of the whole system and is not in any way able to respond to that. I remember once when the Rebbe was yelling for almost a half hour, how is it possible that someone that calls himself my chassid, my Talmud, does not to answer a basic question? It was about Mashiach. What does that mean? It reflects on the Rebbe. The Rebbe said it reflects on his teacher. It doesn't reflect on the student. So I don't want to say it in those strong words, but you have to take this to heart. So the Rebbeim gave us a great gift. What do they spend most of the time doing? The Alta Rebbe all the way to the Rebbe. What did they spend most of the time doing? You ever think about it? Teaching and writing Chassidus. Just look at the volumes from each Rebbe. There's no way, even Begashmi's, they must have spent most of their day writing Chassidus. So you have to say in their minds, was the best gift they can give to us because they could have also chosen to take yechidus all day. People can come all day and all night and talk to them. It was yechidus, but it was not close to the time. So they gave us tedes chassidus. So that's why I decided to begin, before going into any particular sugya, everything has to begin with the yechidus, what we call a muskulishim, muskolas the axioms. And I quoted a letter that the Rebbe wrote to Bakr back before the Nesias. I don't know if any of you looked up the letter where he asked the Rebbe some klotz and he apologizes to the Rebbe why I'm asking klotz And the Rebbe says, Adarab of the Adarab. Most people don't ask these klotz and therefore they miss the beginning of the whole thing. We have to have the Yosei you say this, So that's why I posed the question. I would like to hear if any of you want to pipe in. You know, I know that maybe some of you have Baisonim, Rachmonim, gemel Chassadim. But this is a, a learning, and I would like to make it more interactive. Obviously, I'll have to have something to say about it. But it's just to, just to see. If you were challenged, if you were right now in a shul in Lakewood, or in Muncie, or in uh, in Flatbush, or Borough Park, or even in Crown Heights, and someone got up and said, "I see a you're a chabad chassid," can you tell me what is chassidus and why should I learn it? And you may think that nobody asked this question around here. I can tell you that many do. Even people who went through the whole yeshiva system. You may not have this question. Maybe it's a given for you, or maybe you understand. But I'd like to hear, how would you answer this question? Would you be able to feel confident to get up and explain in five minutes, in three minutes, in ten minutes, whatever it would take, an answer that people would go away and say, oh, wow, that's inspiring, and I'm going to know how to teach. If you can't answer that, I'm not criticizing could be you never were challenged to ask this question. Say, like I said, it's a given. If I tell you, what's Mamala Kalalman? I'm sure that any two people that learned in the Mimer can talk to each other. But if you would have to ask, explain Mamala Kalalman to someone who never heard the word, it would not be that easy. And the Ebena Beichon of really understanding Bechal anything in life, especially uh, is if you can't explain it to someone that's not from your own uh, class and doesn't stand your language, it means you don't fully understand it, as much as you think you may be smart and got it. Because it means you can't explain it in aces that someone else can relate to. Again, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be positive, but it's important to know the challenge here. Is anyone willing to take this challenge? I mean, I'm not here to put anybody in the spot. You won't be fired or, uh, or or kicked out if you don't answer properly. But uh, is anybody ready to say anything about this? Really, I'm, I'm. That's a real question. I'm not like the not not a game. You know. I hope that you're, it's only bashfulness and not because you don't know, have an answer. Here, go ahead, please. Okay, everything you said was right. If I were to so-called challenge it, I would say, okay, this is like by you that way, but you didn't explain how it's that way. You just said that's uh, Messias. Um, do you know how, or you just were told these, he, you know it from this far, what you just said? How Chassidus does everything you just said. Gives highest to Yiddishkeit. Uh, like, like, for example, if I would say to you, that is a, I know some lidvaks never learn Chassidus, and they're very excited about Yiddishkeit and would you say that someone said this is more excited yeah the first guy okay Thomas cheikh and yeah okay Fine. anybody else go ahead <laughs> okay. and the body has its and the has its meat. Okay. Okay. That I'm not going to compare notes here. That is a little more in your language. It's not so much. A, you didn't use the lashenis from the actual Gemara That's good because uh, obviously the next question would be, "What is a soul?" And okay, so that would be the answer that you need. This to teach you what a soul is because when you learn the Gemara, it doesn't tell you what a neshamah is. For instance. Good. Anybody else wants to weigh in? Just to add on to what Michael said, it will teach you about who you are what your true identity is. It will teach you about what God is and what God's all about and what your purpose and what the world is. So, you asked for that short No, that. no. Good. I can continue your 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I, I got it. I understand. I'm, I, I, obviously. am do obviously. If you had to get up and speak, it wouldn't be 10 seconds. But uh, but I, I get the gist of it. We don't need to be I was just... Firstly, my most important thing is It's not like we have to have the exact answer right here. I want to plant the question. You have to ask... If you can't ask this question to yourself and, and come up with a good answer, you're missing the boat, to be very blunt. Um, and the same thing is with everything. You can't take anything for granted. If you look at any of the Rebbe's, the Starting from the Rashimis and letters, and later, of course Fabren and Siches and one of the Khidushim of the Rebbe, not so much a Khidush in Techen Hadvarim, was that the Rebbe did not take things for granted. He would always begin from the Asad. Did any of you ever read, for example, the Rishim of the Rebbe on Lahovenin and what is and all the Pratim? It's printed in Chelik Bayes in Igris now. So there was in the Tovshin Vav Tovshin Zayin the Rebbe published a thing called Kevitz Lubavitch. You may have heard about it. And in it, he had a mother, a section, a column called Chuvisibyurim. People would write questions to the Rebbe. He wasn't a Rebbe yet. He was the head of Kahos, the head of Merkis, and so on. And the Rebbe would answer. So there's around 20, 25 such questions and answers. They came together later. They put it together in a in a cave. It's called Chuvisibyurim. And that's later. And now, mostly print, uh, they're all printed in Chalik, Olive, and of Igris Kedush. Because they're, they're technically letters, but uh, it was printed in this it's, it's Why is it so fascinating? Is because it's one of the few things we have from the Rebbe that the Rebbe himself wrote, not said, from beginning to end. And it's very, you know, as the Rebbe, you can see, worked on it. Everything from what, what, what's the meaning, of is Baal to uh, why we don't make a Birocha on Shal Rosh, or what uh, is the meaning of And none of you are familiar with this. I'm sure you've seen some of them. You read them, especially the one on Tchis Hamesim, is unbelievable. I suggest you can read it. It's an Igros Kedish Chelig Beis. Look in the Mafteiach Tchis Hamesim. You'll find. It. I don't remember the page number. And the Rebbe there, you see right away, he doesn't start talking about Tchis Hamesim. He goes back all the way to the beginning. Why was the world created? The purpose of existence? Akan Sagdame. And then you come to understand the Prat called Tchis Hamesim, because in answering questions. You can answer them piece by piece, or you can give someone the big picture. And Chsidis gives that big picture. So, unless someone else wants to say something about this, I'll, 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 let me make my presentation here, okay? And uh, you can judge it yourself later if you like. Um, so, the truth is, if you open up Kuntasin Yonash Al which I thought right away some of you are going to jump on, that Ever Mamish begins that, the whole Kuntasin Yonash begins with this question What is Chsidis? And he says he brings a bunch of different uh, reasons. He brings the uh, Lashana's midesov. He brings the gilai l'khus b'elam. I remember all the reasons he says there. But he brings a list of everything that's brought in all the Maimorim and Sichis. And then the Rabbi says, but still not the essence of what chesidus is. That's all what chesidus accomplishes. But what is the essence? Just as an aside, when that quintess was prepared, which was prepared by Rabbi El Olvasholim. That he they actually called it mhusa and the Rebbe crossed out And made it in yona. It means even this kuntis is still only the Indian. The Muhusa is even uh, probably even further. The Rebbe didn't want to, I guess, limit it to call it the Muhusa, so which would be a much bigger statement. And the Rebbe goes on to say, and everyone knows this kuntis as the Nakuda is that achsidas is yichida, and yechida. but it's still in a language. Even though it's understandable if you understand the Inyonim, but it's a language that you need to understand what Yechidah means. Even if you say it's Yechida, what exactly is Yechida? So, the way I want to approach it, I'm going to speak about it very balabatish. And um, there was a group of German Rabbonim, Orthodox rabbis. One of the times the Friedrich Kareb would travel to Germany, the Rabbeim, Rabb Rashab, the Kareb would travel. So, he would visit, one was, there's different cities, one of them was in Germany. Forgot the name of the city. Anyway, he was staying in a hotel there and he had a delegation of rabbanim came to see him. Remember, even though Germany had its challenges, but there were also orthodox Jewry, so to speak, from goes back a thousand years there, Frankfurt domain. And I mean, there was a very a community there. Um, uh, and they came to see the Friedrich Rebbe. He was sitting on a sofa on a, uh, in the lobby of the hotel. And uh, they asked him several questions. One of the questions they asked him is, what is chassidus? Why do you need chassidus? We are a community here, shame-ritated mitzvahs for many years, and chassidus never reached Germany. So why, what's the purpose of it, and what is the need for it? So the Rabbi Friedrich Rabbi pointed around to the hotel lobby, and they, he said, what do you see? So they described the lobby it was a beautiful, exquisite lobby, and it had the most prominent thing were these big marble pillars, you no, know, very huge pillars, beautifully designed. So they say, we see these beautiful pillars, a very beautifully designed lobby, very comfortable. Frida stood up and went over to one of the pillars. They followed him and he took a lamp that was there on the side and he shined it on the pillar and he said, what do you see now? So they said, okay, now we see the intricate flowers and designs that are engraved inside this pillar. So when the Fridic Rebbe said, why didn't you say that before? They said, from a distance, you only see the, big. you see it from a distance. You don't see the details. So the Fridic Rebbe said, this is what the came to accomplish. It didn't, didn't come to be machadish, any new thing fundamentally. You know, concepts like obviously Yisrael, the Baal Shem, you say this, obviously saw that we have an Neshama, to the Ivdus Hashem B'Simcha, Hesgocha Pratis, hisavas Bechol Rega, all these pr- fundamental principles, that everything has a Hira B'Avedis Hashem. Not one thing, you'll say, before the Hashem, they never knew that, was and Pratis, that there's a Neshama, and there's and there's, and, and, uh, and there's Yisrael, it's a mitzvah Darais. But what Chesidus came to do, like the lamp, it came to emphasize and shine of seeing the details of it that sometimes can be lost in the whole bigger picture, so to speak. And secondly, not just to see it, but how to implement it. You know, we're told the Baal Shem Tev taught that each person can serve Hashem. And the al taught us how each person can serve Hashem. Fidi Karebbe brings an example that the Baal Shem provided us with a ladder. And the Al-Tarebbe taught us how to climb the ladder. These are Misholim from the, the Rabbein. You start thinking these Leshenas start, okay, this interesting uh, marshal, a ladder. Now we know sulamutzavatzer Shemaima. so Chazal say that's tefila, that's tefila rather, the four wrongs. It was a sulam of four wrongs, the four chelke hatefila, berchus hashachep sukadizimre berchus krishma and krishma and Well, there's different ways it's explained. So when you think about it that way, that it's a journey, um, you start asking yourself, what is it a journey to? I'm ready. The, the story with the Fidik Rebbe and the German rabbis have already gone beyond that. That was what he answered them about the, the lamp. So, to put it in very uh, practical ways, and I've said this, I believe, last year many times, but I'll say it now, I think, more about that before you get into any Sugyeh, atzilus, say the Shtalsalas, and Tikun, Lifnat Kav, I mean, the list goes on. Manumad, etc., cetera, et cetera, And all the were everywhere, starting from Tanya, going through all the ma'amotim, you have to step back and say, what are the, all these dargis, why are they here? What do we need them for? You know, the Ebershta could have created the world without anything. He needed to create, he needed to create a You know, the Ebershta doesn't need anything. He can do whatever he wants. He put it even more, why did he need six days to create the creation? Try it out, if you can't create, you won't be able to do it in, uh, in a thousand days or a million days. And if you could create, you can create it in one second. So what's the purpose of creating six days in the Shabbos? I mean, these questions you're not gonna find in any Safer that answers it directly. You find it in Kabbalah, especially explained the Chassidus. But the point is not just to ask that question. The real question is this. Someone mentioned purpose, we're here in this world. What's the Tachlis Habriya? You know, it'd be interesting to know that most Frumi'idim don't even know the answer to that question. They will say, most people will say, to do Tere Mitzvahs, to prepare for a chelik and Elam Haba, like for long retirement, which makes sense. That's what we do. You work your whole life, and then you retire, you move to Israel, or you buy a second home, you have a country home, and you enjoy the rest of your life. So what is it in ruchnis? That's Elam Haba or and then there's the work we do in this world. And the Alter Rebbe wrote, "Pei deklamet vov." That in Sava Koshbaruch Lishle is Baruch Adira Betachteinim. Look and spot it. That phrase is from Medrash. It's a Medrash. Medrash Rebbe says that Mishkan that Yehuda wanted Adira Betachteinim. But Alter Rebbe turned it into Yasei Chi Yasei. This Tachlis Habriyeh, and it's the only Tachlis Habriyeh because every other reason is not complete. So then when you ask yourself what's the purpose of life, and we're talking now person, and I'm assuming now, I'm not speaking now for a secular audience who may have issues even with the very fact that God exists. That's another discussion. That also deserves discussion, and maybe we'll do it in another share. I'm not assuming that people are assuming there's there's a neighbor study created the world, he gave us Taylor Mitzvahs. But what's the purpose of it all? So you have the different Maimot of Chazal on this. To refine us. Sometimes it says, actually are give the to Nachas. But you start thinking about it, does the to need Nachas? He has to create a world in order to get Nachas from us that are his creations. Does it even make sense? So let's address it from this perspective. Um, you talk about a relationship. And ultimately, I would put it in one phrase if I were to I have to get up and speak to people. I'm sure every audience is different, but let's assume that uh, for most audiences, I would talk that Siddhas comes to teach us how to have a relationship with Eibishtar. You can learn the whole Gemara, Shas and Poskim, and be a Baki Bashas, and a Baki in all the and Achrenim, and you may not even know how to have a relationship with Eibishtar. Yes, the etsem, learning teda, is a relationship, but that doesn't mean you know how to do it. You're just learning, so you're learning. And you're bonding. But that's really where, it's, where it stops. See, this is an elaborate system that teaches you how to have a relationship. Now, I'm using the word very in, intentionally: the relationship. Because the first place most people think about relationship, they think relationship between a husband and a wife, or between uh, siblings, or between friends. But the truth is, what does the Rambam say? The whole Shir is a muscle.. And Izra Isha is a muscle between HaKadosh Baruch and Knesset Yisrael. So the first relationship of all relationships is the Ebishter's creation of the human being. So you look in chumish and the Ebishter says after he creates all the, cre- the whole world, what, is, what does he say then? Now here comes the, the. And what will be the purpose of this human being? Adam will be to serve and to protect. No other creature was created with that purpose. But I just said it's pure psukim, not even my mother Chazal, not even Rashi. But what does that mean even? Can someone explain to me? First of all, we know the Ibishtud doesn't have a Tselem And suddenly we're Tselem Admusa Musa it's not a kash and Kabbalah, it's a kash on the Pesukim. There's no way you can understand those psukim without Chassidus. No way. I mean, really, Kabbalah and Chassidus. But Kabbalah, it's more in a Kabbaladika way. How do you explain these Pesukim? And what does it mean even that they were gardeners of Garden of Eden? What does that mean exactly? What are they protecting and what are they serving? And when you get to the story of Chetet what is what is that story even? What's what's happening? Who's the Nochash? What's, what what does it even mean? Eitzatas das So yes, there are hundreds of pages written about it from the Rambam and all the all the the and and I'm talking about the Jewish thinkers and so on. But to get a picture of the first, literally the first Parsha and breshis, it's almost impossible to fully understand. Later in Chumash, yeah, people know all the dinim about gid Nosha or later or other mitzvahs. But that's already the, the mitzvahs. But the etzim creation, with the story of creation in Chumash, is completely un, impo, almost impossible to understand without some explanation. And yes, you can find explanations here and there, but you look in to this, the whole thing comes alive. It tells you the whole story of your life and my life. So going back to the issue of a relationship. So in a relationship, here's the big, big question. The biggest question of all. And that is the eibishter is the beidah. And we're a nivra. How could there be a relationship between a beira and a nivra? They're mamish opposites in every way. Ben ishvi, isha—they're both human beings, both created. They're in the same category. Every other relationship we know about, av and ben, Mashpia, Makabul, rav and Talmud, i mean, whatever you say—they're both in the world of both both our creations. We're all nivroim, and it's different relationships. Melech and am, etc. So how do you even begin to talk about a relationship? So here, many people will answer, one second, maybe the relationship is talking like a Melech and Am, like we always know. Like we rush Rosh Hashanah, Tam Alechem. alechem. the Ebishtah is the Melech, we're an Am, it says in Chisid is that Am is Meloshan aymamis, meaning Nefrodim, we're talking nifrayim. And the Ebishtah, for whatever reason or no reason, wanted to be a Melech on us. That's what he wanted, a not. emlech. He wanted a rule. So then basically, what's our relationship? What's the relationship between a subject and a king? Or an evident a melech? Is kabbalah That's what a melech, uh, that's what that kabbalah So means, Ebershah says, these are the mitzvahs I want you to do, just do them by kabbalah aser. Now what's the problem with answer, with saying that? Well, there's two problems. First of all, problem number one is krohi. And the second, and then the Svorah. There's a problem. The Teda also demands of us mitzvahs. The Abishah demands mitzvahs that are not about just an Eved to a Melech. When you say, and all the mitzvahs that are Taluyas, we love, that is not just Kabbalah sale. An Eved, if we were simple servants, then, then then our whole relationship with Ebishtah should be based on action. We're suddenly told to love God and to understand Ebishtah. Das. I mean, I go on. There's more and more psukim. It's full of full of mitzvahs and psukim that are telling us that your relationship should be more than just Kabbalah sel, more just based on It's based on a relationship. And once you have to love someone and once you have to understand them, that's much more than just uh, doing what they say. And Evid al and also mitziah. doesn't have to understand his adin. If the master tells him, do this, he does it. not even supposed to understand. And he doesn't have to love his master. That's not what's required. Required is action. This is what you're told. Fold, invite Like a soldier, period. But the Eberster doesn't say that. He says a whole bunch of things where he wants us to be, to love him, to know him. And then you go into expressions like, like lakodesh barucham amayis ibereshi's. The Gemara says when you say "Vayahulu and other such expressions, shutef is a whole different story. Shutef is a partnership. Partnership is, is almost like <coughs> is like equals in a way. So when you think about it as a relationship with the Ebrach, only as a Evita evet amelach, is not. We're soon going to say kiona and yimkipper. How many relationships are there just in kiona Mecha. There's taka like am and a Melech. but there's also ben and naav, and a and soin. A shepherd and sheep, and a bunch of other things. We say, not just. So you have a whole bunch of other things. So there now becomes a major dilemma. How do you explain that? The Beda and the Nivra again are. And not just. You can't even say. It's not like infinite and finite two different realities. So how could you create a relationship between the two? And how how, how does it make any sense? If I could be bold enough, I would say all of Kabbalah and all of Hasidus comes to answer this question. And it's the biggest question of all questions, because if you don't have an answer to this question, everything else falls apart. Because that's the you you say this. That's the basis of everything. Every day we're supposed to be daven, and on and on. So how does Chassidus come to answer this? So the answer is that that's why they're created it's like a whole set of installations, created a whole system. I mentioned before the, the, the Fridic Rebbe says a ladder. He created a ladder. Think of it like stepping stones that both Mamila Lamata, teaching us how he created existence in a way that we could understand with our minds, and teaches us also Mamata Lamila how to climb this ladder, how to climb these stepping stones. And every detail in Gansai Dishtalsos, from the highest levels, Lifniyat Simsum to the lowest levels of Malchus, the Malchus of Asiya, all the way down to Gashmis, Asiya, Gashmis, and Chumdias, is all part of this map. And when you understand it, understand it not just now you know, via Daita you understand how the Ebershtag created, it's really a blueprint of how you can climb this ladder like, not just that every person can climb, but, and we have a ladder, but how to climb the ladder and actually connect to the Abisha on every possible level. And the whole life of a human being, why Nishama comes down Lamata, and we say every morning, Nishama Shazata Bi Nishmasi, and then we continue, Shah Nishama Bi Tahedihi, Ata Barossa, Ata Yitzarta, Ata Nefakta Bi, Ata Misham Rabbi the whole thing takes on a whole different meaning, not just words. This is the journey of a neshama, the chlal, when you're born. And every day, neshama ba'ape, like every day is a mini birth after sleep, which is Echad meshishim the misa. So by birth, all this is renewed. The neshama comes back in a refreshed way, as the Medr says. The neshama is sheyiv mayim chaim from be'edah l'mayla, and it comes back. Teher is atzilus, and baros is bria, and yitzart is yitzira, and the is nasiya, and that's where it needs shmirah. So you have a journey, and you have a journey now. The rest of your day and the rest of your life really is about how to make that connection. So when you think of it that way, you understand that chesed is the tool. Because as I said, you can learn gemara, you can learn nigla. And then, of course, you could ask the question, what do you need Nikola for then? You just need primis that's it. Create a relationship with Eberstein. Well, the answer is, there's also the technical <laughs> details, like the mechanics. The part of the way you create a relationship is how to do it. Is you, there's Shabbos, there's Kashus, there's Anech hashem Aleichecha. So what Nikola teaches us is the mechanics of actually the relationship itself. What Chassidus teaches is that it's all part of a relationship and how it all connects you. So a person can keep Shabbos perfectly, mamish behidur, and not even know that Shabbos is helping them connect to the Eibushit. They know it like what's called mitzvah You're doing it. So Premisatei or particularly we're talking about, teaches us the whole inner workings. So just like you know when you put on a switch, the light goes on. That's the halacha of it, so to speak, the mechanics, the goof. The gufa dover. What's the nishmosa of this, uh, this act? That you know, there's a one second. When you put on the switch, it creates a current and generates electricity, and there's a whole thing going on. And that's the nisham of it. So that's what we call it, guf and nisham. A guf is like the mechanics. It's not to dismiss it. It means it's the technical part. So just like a body can't be complete without a soul, it's dead. A soul is not complete without a body. Because a soul without a body is not grounded in this world. Taka Neshamas and don't have a body. And they talk, and can't do mitzvahs, maishis at least. The only thing they can do is learn Tayra and ava But as far as fulfilling the purpose of dirbet tachtenim, a Neshama needs a goof to be able to implement it. A goof needs a Neshama to be able to direct it and understand the inner workings of it. So with that background, what happens is you take the whole Chassidus now and... Any detail you'll ever learn in any mind is a product in this picture, what I just described here. Now, I'm not saying this is the only way to explain it. There's many ways to explain it. You know, I mentioned before, Yechida, which I'm, I'll talk about in a moment. There are many ways to explain it. But here, what did I do in 10 minutes, basically, or 15 minutes? I presented it. Now, of course, I didn't, this is not the first time I did this, so I have a little experience. So it's coming with uh, an experience and also being challenged. And even what I said right now could be challenged. Because someone could start saying, you know, could ask all kinds of questions. And this dilemma that I said before, how does Abedan and Nivri get connected? It is every Dalg and comes to answer that question. Let's just take for a moment, Ereng Sof, the Ad You know, our generation got spoiled. Nobody wants to learn after the Tzimtzum anymore. Because once you know before the tzim tzim was Tzimtzum, I remember when we first started learning as Bachrim in 770, and Abiel opened up Atmus and the whole higher levels. So, I remember nobody was interested anymore in Atsilas, Ambri, This like, you know, like uh, trivial, even though the Alter Rebbe, to say the word Atsilas, he would tremble before he, he couldn't even say the word. But we also became Lifnat Simpson. If you don't talk Lifnat Simpson, you're not talking about reality. I don't know how it is by you guys, but that was what we had until we came to understand it's not exactly as they, eh? but that nobody even really understands Lifnat Simpson, even though the later that him, like the Rebbe Rashab, and further. They talk about it, but you're not going to find a lot about it in the Alter Rebbe. I would challenge you to find one moment where you hear about Lifniad Simpson. There are. There are a few, but it's not such an ad-tzimtzum. So without going into the reasons how I did Abayim did it that way, but the point of the matter, just in simple is, why is this such, why, what's If it says in Eitz Chaim, that Lifniad Simpson ate in There was no room for anything else. And that's why there was a Tsimtzum. Like a teacher, let's say a brilliant teacher, and the teacher is is, So if he's speaking in all his brilliance, there'd be no room, ain't mokim, ain't asinus mokim to the students. So the teacher has to, this is the mussel. muscle, the teacher has to so called conceal or withhold his brilliance, be quiet, and leave room for a Talmud to come, a student, and then comes the tsimsum. After the Tsim comes the Kav, and the Kav is a kav, a, a kav Chut Dak, like a thin stream of consciousness. And now the teacher is giving, like spoon-feeding the student with olive bays and so on. And slowly the student grows. So here's the question. This is a question in Ayin Bays, He asked the question. If all of existence is based on the Tsim because without it, nothing could exist. Because it's called the divine consciousness it fills everything, and that's why there's a Simpson. So how could we ever expect to have a relationship with the Abish to if that Tzimtzum? As soon as we go to live in that Tzimtzum, everything ceases to exist. It's like saying, you know what, we could look at the sun when it's uh, hundreds of thousands of miles away from us, and even then you need shades. But if you're going to go into the sun, you're going to get burned up, even if you get close to it. So how is it possible for us to have a relationship with the Ebershton on his terms? In other words, all the relationship is on lower, after the Tzimtzum, or lower Madregas. So at the end of the day, there's no full relationship. At the end of the day, what was achieved? We're able to connect the Abish to the way the Ebers is, in a, the is in the state of Tzimtzum or Helam, you know, whether it's in Asiya or Yetzirah or Bria or Tzilas. That's the question that Rabbi Hashab asked. Just the question itself tells you that, he, that he's not happy. You. you know, so you could ask the Tzimtzum, maybe our relationship with Ebers is limited. But Chassidus doesn't suffice for that. Chassidus wants a relationship all the way with Atzmos Mamish, which makes the question much bigger. That's why we have Dagas Liefenat Simpson. Not because the Ebershton needs it, but because there's no way for us to connect if we don't have a way to relate to it. So just bikitza, the answer to answer the Rebbe Rashab, which is almost 300 pages, maybe more, maybe 400 pages, just to answer this question. And I'm not exaggerating. I teach I every day, and I'm telling you, we're coming to the end of the answer. And it's also still, and his answer, Kitsit is, he says, the answer has to be that the symptom itself is also part of the process, and tzimtzum is Shreel gilui. So the goal is to transform the symptom and reveal how the symptom itself is a Kaya Chaliki. And once you recognize that, then you can a travel lifnyat tzimtzum. But pekitzah, what it means in simple asius is that unless we deal, the way that Eber puts it, with our nefesh abamis, which is the tzimtzum within each one of us, you really t- can never can go to levels that are higher. So in other words, l'chadchile, the Ebesh to create the world, there was no way that he can create it with that type of level of eir. It needed to be a tzimtzum. But once there's a tzimtzum, as we know, if you learn the beginning of Samach Vav, he says, like a Talmud, at the beginning, Gittakeh is much lower than the Rav. The Rav had to be Mitzam himself. But then, as the student grew, he can come to a place of Inush the after Aboyim Shona. Which means that his Kushe can become like rav. That means, like the you need to have a simsum. But afterwards, through our Aveda, you slowly so-called diminish the effects of the Tzimtzum, and you can mamish connect to the Rav as he is before the Tzimtzum. That's the uh, Nukudus Advarim. There's more to it, obviously, and there's even more than what I just said. Even Samarvavi says there's even a higher level that you create. Ayur Khadash, that wasn't even before the Tzimtzum. But I don't want to go into the details right now. My point that I wanted to make was that Chassidus is adamant and consistently insists on finding a way to have the deepest relationships with the highest levels of el So now, to go back to the question, Salmenu Ked Musayn, and Adam is adam le an expression used hundreds of times in my mother, or the that were similar, which is basically the same idea. Tzalam and Mus that were similar. That's What's the word? The words like this. The Ebrister is higher than Tzalam and Mus. That's a Pashat. pusher. Says another neshkel says. Loi odemu And and yet that same Ebrister wanted Nisava. We don't have a reason for it. It's Nisava Kodesh Baruch Hu. Wanted to create something that will have a relationship with him. To have a relationship, you have to have something in common. If the E-bishter created us without Selim Mus, but Selim Alakim, then we would be like every creature, Deimem Tzamei that's a Nivra of the E-bishter, but doesn't have a relationship with the E-bishter. I say relationship, of course it has a relationship with the Ebeshter, and mahava creates it. But there's no two-way relationship. It's not like a conversation in a way, by us, the human being, we have the tzel which essentially is what we call atzilus, adam elian That atzilus is elikus btsudas odama ma In other words, the Ebrish to manifest it, krishem mm-hmm. shi esh li keche created esh esfiris. would become the structure of atzilus and all the elmas. Then in the Alter is Loshen and Peyde Gimel and Tanya. That from the Esse Svirus El Yenis, Nishtaushlamahen, from that evolved Esse Kechas Hanefesh, the ten faculties each of us have. And that's the Damelelian, that's the Tselemet Mus. The similarity between Yor Chokhmah and Bina and Das and Chesed Gwurat Teferes, Netzachedi Sey Malkus, which is Bishnish and Damet, the Tselemet Mus, of the Esse Svirus El Chabad Chagas Nihim in Natsilis, which in turn is rooted in the spheres before Atzillus, all the way to the S Sphiris, Agnusus, Lifni Atsimso. So what do you have here? You have a map. You have now a place, you could say a meeting place, between Alakus and Elam, or Alakus and the human being. So then when you hear expression like, Yem Chasunos, Izem between Chasunah and Kala. say another relationship, Chasunah and Kala. E'bishterun it makes full sense because that's the relationship, that's the connection. We have this whole Seder-Ishtarsus, is like an interface, if you wish, that can, like a mamutza that connects. And every dargah in whole Seder-Ishtarsus is also a mamutsa. Bina is a mamutza between Chochmah and the Midas. Chochmah is a mamutza between Keser and Atzilus. And Keser is a mamutsa between that which is higher than Keser and lower than Keser. And you'll hear this expression everywhere. It says the mamutza, mamutza. The kav is a mamutza in Eir, before the symptom, after the tzim. tzimtzum. Is, everything is a mamutza. What does mamutza mean in simple English? It means an interface. Like a maturgimen. Matur, 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 matur. One person speaks Hebrew, the other person speaks English. The translator has to know both languages. So all say the Ishtar Shulis knows both languages. Every level in Ishtar Shulis has an element of elakus in it but it also has an element of the tzir e'elam. We human beings, we have a nefesh alikis and nefesh abamis. We have the eses of, the, the eser of nefesh alikis eser of nefesh abamis. So wherever you turn, you always have something to climb. Like when going back to the Moshe of the ladder, when you climb a ladder, what's the way you climb? You can't climb 10 steps at a time. You climb one step at a time. So your foot is on the lower rung And then you lift your foot to the next rung. That is the way a mumutza works. Today you're here. Part of you is still on a lower level. Then comes, you grow. You're still connected to the lower level, but now you move to the next level. There's never a jump. Look how we human beings grow. Even though we know that the Ebershah is every second the whole existence. So then the question is, so why aren't you um, every second? We should be like newborns. Why are you 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old? Everything is, so you should constantly go back to the beginning. But we see that's not the case. So Chassidus uses the expression, hayishanus. the to renews the world completely, but he renews it in the same tziyod as it was a second before. So when other menchavah were in Gan Eden, they didn't see a new world. They saw stars. They saw trees. From their point of view, if they were scientists, they would say the world is billions of years old. They, they, they were born into a world that was a mature world. You know, the, the big question, what comes first, the egg or the, the chicken or the egg? The answer, the theta answers of both came together. They created eggs and chickens. He created trees. He created seeds. So the world was a world in progress, so to speak. And the rest of existence and our lives, even though we learn Shaykhud Muni, you mentioned, every second is new, but you're renewed, with everything you had a second before. So you, from a 20 year old, you're renewed as a 20 year old and every day you grow. What do we see from this? That the whole process of existence is in an orderly way where there's no leaps and jumps. So it makes sense to us. Did Abraham need to do it that way? No, he could have created us as 20 year olds like he did other and Chave, but he wanted to create a Seydir Masudr. So when you say Seder that most famous word, a Seder Hishtalsus, an order a progression a step-by-step process so now any person any man woman or child no matter what level you're on there's a dargah for you where you can climb on this l- long ladder that goes all the way from Arca, all the way on earth all the way to, Magi'a to the highest levels in Shamayim and beyond everyone has a place everyone has a place and the question is, what's your of where you are right now, and how you grow to the next level. And there's no one exception, no exception. Sadiqim, Bainim, rishayim, everybody. Now, when you present this properly, basically what you're telling people is, you're part of the picture too. It's not just this is not just for Eved uh, Hashem on the highest level. Every person is Avid Hashem. You now, before I neglected to mention, I said kara and Swara, I said to save relationship with I just want to add one point that I missed before. The relationship with Abhistra, based on the Psukim, it's very clear that the Eberster wants a relationship that's based on Ave Yira and Yidir Sashem and Ashutith, and I said chosim Vekala, uh, Ish Isha, Avim Ben, all the different levels. But it's also the Svara is very simple. Um, he created the Eberster created us. Look at how he created us. He gave us a mind, he gave us a heart. If our whole purpose was just a kabbalah sale, and just to do ma'aseh, why did to give us seichel and all altogether? Which only complicates life. You know, the das, The more you know, the more painful it is. It would be so simple. Imagine living a life where your mind and heart don't get in the way ever. You have no bad moods and no depressions and no feelings altogether, and no and, and you don't think, and all you're doing is follow the rules. That's not the way they made it. I was once talking, I don't want to say the name of which community it is, but from the Hredesher world, where they teach their people to just follow orders. And there's no, um, obviously, Yediyah uh, Salakus and Hagosha and feelings and so on. So I asked one of their leaders, I said, but people have minds and hearts. What do you do with that? So he says, we look at it like the Yetzer Hara. That your mind and heart is the Yetzer Hara. That you have to fight to make sure not to use your mind and not to use your heart. Cause he always gets you into trouble which uh, you know he has many proofs that it gets people into trouble you know so why use it so, so, so i said so you tell me the abister created us to have a mind he says yes he created also typhus that I mean, doesn't mean you have to follow it so he equated seichel uh, and me with typhus that i never heard before it was interesting cop you know Obviously, I didn't agree with him in any way. I said, is that what you're telling me? So when we learn teda, are we supposed to use our seichal or not use our seichal? He says, only in learning teda. But as soon as you start thinking about it, I said, what about business? Know your people are pretty wealthy. They're doing good business. He said, also business. I said, in other words, you use your mind in learning pure halacha. You lose your mind in doing business, even ethically. But chas to use your mind to think about God. God forbid, right? That's So you can imagine how ludicrous that is. And Takeh creates major problems. That's why the Terech HaChassidus is that we engage the mind and we engage the heart. And I'll be very honest. I remember in our own yeshiva system, again, I'm not saying names, so there's no uh, lesson. and Hara, but when we asked the questions sometimes, there were teachers, the Mashpim or whatever you want to call them, and that would silence us. they say, you can't ask such a question. I, I asked, I was this very skeptical guy. I still am. And I would ask questions. And I remember one, uh, one of my Meshpien told me, you're, you're, gonna, you're a pediatric ale when you ask such questions. Okay. I didn't really answer my question, but it was an interesting perspective. Of course, my, my, pers- my view on that was that he doesn't have an answer. And he's afraid of questions. I wasn't asking in order to just be a I really wanted an answer. And I mean, I know many people will say, even in our own, and this is a chassidish system already, the whole Yesod of Chabad, is to use your mind and your heart to connect to the neighbors. Is there a risk when you use your mind? Yes. When you, when you allow a person to think openly and ask questions, of course, they could always ask a question that's not exactly appropriate or based a basic question like, you know, question, how do you know there's a But there? you know, um, we, We're encouraged to ask such questions because there's an answer. The people who are afraid of questions are concerned because they don't feel there's an answer, but if you're confident there's an answer, you're not afraid of such questions. Now, obviously, some people ask out of prick sale, some people ask out of curiosity. But the point is, if you're going to have a relationship with Abishhthir, and the says via Daito and Vahta, etc., then there's no way around this. You have to engage the mind and the heart. Is there a risk? Of course there's a risk. Is there a risk a risk when you send an Ashama down La the Mata? There's a risk. This world is filled with uh, it's a Shayim in bay, Molly Clippers with Sitra akhle Al explains it. We don't even need a raya for that. You just look around. So of course there's a risk. God took a great risk when he sent a soul on a shamed lamata. But he also gave it a vote of confidence. Like the altar the starts the whole tanya. v'alti And the tzamech Sadik tzadik tzadik means also mazbiyah. V'chalta v'savota. It gives keches. Melam din So to sum up, to sum up, and I'm going to, what I'm going to do in the future weeks is going to go through actually sugis and chisides. I'm going to try to post ma'am for each different Sugit and um, and take each different parts of and discuss it more from the perspective of several different Maimorim, But all in this context, it has to end up answering the question of the purpose of chesidahs and the altar is said it in the sharblat of Tanya Better than anyone can say it is the Altareb himself, Miyasa Teresh Ch'siddis Chabad, the Shamachadosha, Bala Tanya, did something that very few Mechabrim do. In one line, he gave the whole purpose of Tanya, which is really the whole purpose of Ch'siddis. Because Tanya's Tereshab Ikhsav of Ch'siddis, what did he say? That he wrote the Sefer, Mi Pisof, Seferim, Mi Pisofarim, Mi Pisofarim, Mi and Mi Yusad al-Aposa, Kikorav Elachadover Me'eid, Leviad is So what does this mean? The whole Tanya, and you can say the whole Khsidh is, is coming to explain everything. Elach. What is think what's like what is wrong, what's missing in this Pasik that you need 53 chapters in Tanya and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of pages of khasidh to explain. Moshe said it. But let's go back to what I began with the latter. Eichu that's the challenge. Moshe made the statement that or may seem distant. So he says, But Al Tadab says, Eich. Remember, we said the Bashamtav taught every person could serve Hashem. But how? Eich. So the Rebbe tells us how to climb the ladder. So the whole Tanya is coming to explain that Pusuk. When I was teaching Tanya in one of Shivas, um, I asked the Rebbe because I was working the Sikhs, so I had access. So I wrote to the Rebbe, one, one of my tzatlach to the Rebbe, I wrote, I'm teaching Tanya, and the word kariv, can you translate kariv as relevant? Because kariv, everyone translates it as close. But what does close mean? Close the, the closest that the, what you're sitting there? out in Kadesh You're close. Begashmius. So I asked the rebbe whether you can touch it relevant. The rebbe just checked with a check, didn't write anything, which basically was an approval. Is it the only way to touch it? Lavdafke. But to me, that was a big thing. It was like a askoma. relevant. When you think about it, that, that, that all of Yiddishkeit is relevant to you. That means it's relevant to your personal life, and to your psychological life, and to your emotional life, and to everything that you exist. That's the holiest sod of a relationship. Because if Teirah Mitzvah is, is expects us to not be ourselves, no, it's not relevant to us, then again, we have to basically go away from ourselves to connect to the to, to leave our own personalities. But Chassidus, starting from Tanya, came to explain, Ma'id, Me'ed B'ficha in Dibur which is really Machshavah Dibur Maisa, meaning in all levels, cognitive, emotional, and behavioral in uh, losing some uh, modern psychological terms. Um, so bottom line is, when you understand this is sod, everything else becomes much easier to then explain. Because once you know that there is a the muscular then you say, okay, now, what are we learning in this moment? Okay. Samarvav, he starts with the time habriya, other maimonim, different, the kudus, the the of all the keiches, but it's all within the context of a bigger picture, which is the picture of our connection. And that, finally, I will say, and then the final question you have to ask every time you learn a maimer, or even a, a line in a maimer, or a sif, is in your life. It's a nice inyin, a nice sugi, but maynaf kemina. Because since all of this is meant to create this relationship, how do, what you just learned, how is it connected to what you're doing with your life? That's called Avedis Hashem. That's a Veda. It's not just a scholar. It's a Veda. And that's the key maskarna of it all because chsidis has to come down to a practical plan. And yes, if a person is not growing on a level of bir hamidus and zikuch hamidis and just becoming a, more of a mensch a more edel and more isge edelt and more mezukach, then chsidis also becomes an academic exercise and can also be rendered into a theory that's not coming down the pale. What was the Rebbe's most famous and most repeated line in all the sikhas? Tera Melosh, and heira. How many times did the Rebbe repeated that in one it. Tens of times sometimes. Because I, we already heard, how many times did the Rebbe have to say it? Because at the end of the day, every letter, every word, every phrase in Tera, and especially in Chassidus, is Heirah b'Avedis Hashem, Heirah b'Chain. There's no Sikha that the Rebbe ever spoke, whether it was a Siyam in Rambam, or it was a Beer in Zehar. Or is a chief uh, uh, in, in Nigla always ended with Haira hey and Avedis Hashem. That's always because that's the punchline of it all. So I hope I did some justice to this big question. And as I said to me, it's to set the tone really of being able to then go into different sugis and explain them in this context. And with that, we'll be Messiah today. And uh, as I welcome again to the Kailal, those new guys, everybody's Nishadish, Makhadish. We had Slag de Keyer en